0: Well, welcome back to the podcast today, guys. I want to ask you, how can you celebrate and thank the mom in your life for all that she does? It seems like almost an insurmountable uh, question and and task, but the one who has loved you as a mom or the one who is the mom of your children deserves to know how valuable she is. And so this special Mother's Day episode brings us the mother-daughter duo, Blythe Daniel and Dr. Helen McIntosh. Blythe is a literary agent and marketer who has written for Proverbs 31 Ministries, Focus on the Family, Ann Voskamp, and Christian Retailing. And then her mother, Dr. Helen McIntosh, is a counselor, a speaker, an educator, and an author whose work has appeared in Guideposts, Parent Life, and Home Life magazines. And now in their new book devotional, I Love You, Mom, cherished word gifts from my heart to yours, they joined together to celebrate all things mom. Welcome Blythe and Dr. Helen. It's such a joy to have you here on the Make Life Matter podcast. Thank you, Carolyn.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Well, I have a copy of your book. It's so beautiful and I have loved reading through it. I'm going to love gifting it to my mom and one to my mother-in-law. And really you even describe it and some of your endorsers described it as almost a greeting card. It presents like a greeting card. It's beautiful. It's a gift. It's a book that can be given to any mom to read a grandmother, a child or adult can give them. So I would love to just ask, why did you want to create a gift book for moms together?
1: Well, we started by um, just asking, you know, me as the daughter to, to mom, you know, what, what is it that we could give, moms that would make a, you know a difference in their lives and we felt like it would be word gifts that moms need appreciation they need to know that they're that they are of value that they contribute to the family in a specific way. And so sometimes moms just, you know, go through the motions and don't necessarily hear, um, you know, how appreciated they are. And so we came up with 25 different word gifts that are character qualities of a mom that can just affirm her in the role that she plays. And so, um, you know, mom has a lot of things. Sometimes we give flowers. Sometimes we give, you know, different gifts that, that sort of fade away, but we felt like that giving mom, the gift of words would be something that she would hang on to for a lifetime. And so that's why we wanted to, to put these together in a book. Like you said, it's somewhat like a greeting card, but that goes
0: deeper. It's beautiful. And we were discussing earlier, I'm just completing my fourth book and it's been a co-write with my dad, who's 78 year old back, almost going to turn 79 this month. So what was it like, Dr. Helen, I'd love to ask you, you've written two books together as mother and daughter. And I know what my experience has been like, one of the greatest joys of my life. I almost can't say it without getting emotional. It's been such a gift to have this opportunity to write with my dad. So Dr. Helen, what what was it like for you to write these two books together with your daughter?
2: Well, it's a dream come true um, to, first of all, have such a great relationship with with Fly and then to be able to do a project with her was just amazing. I have told so many friends, I have said, we did not have a minute's trouble, (laughs) and actually, when we began to talk about doing a book, the first book together, Life is the one that suggested it, and she said, Mom, we have such a, a good relationship. We should write a book, and To encourage others, and I said, "Oh, Blythe, they are not going to want to hear our uh, how good it is. There are so many suffering women. Mm -hmm. We need to let's write a book that would encourage their hearts. That we could share how that happens. You know how how it becomes good. Because I had a very difficult relationship with my mother, Mm -hmm. and God and His." great mercy and kindness um, began to show us the life principles that we needed to execute in our life that we wanted to then share with
0: others. Mm. I love that. I want to talk in just a moment about this affirmation that is missing for a lot of moms. It is such a key theme throughout your book, but just out of curiosity, did you write this together? Did you take turns on the principles? I'd love to know that how did we do that? Bly?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we did, we, we, we sort of uh, would choose a topic that we felt passionate about and we would say, okay, I'll take that one. And, um, and, and so it really came together just, I think out of what we both felt a strong leaning toward. And then there were just places where it was more appropriate for mom to share, um, you know, this, this topic and me over here. So, um, I, you know, as you know, Angela, it's just like the, the opportunity to honor your parent in yeah. the process of sharing a message together It's really special for both parties. And, you know, some people listening may say, well, I don't have that opportunity or I wish that I could do that, but my, my relationship with my parent isn't like that. And, you know, one of the things that we want to offer to people is just a legacy of love in mm. that. You may not have had that with your parent, but you can be that for your child or for your niece or your nephew, um, that sometimes we don't get the, the healing or the restoration that we would want with a parent, but we can offer that with our next generation. And so what we've wanted to do with the two books that we have, with the first book being mended Um, and then the second book, I love you, mom. And just in our, our conversations as a whole, not just books, but our conversations more around the idea of legacy of love, passing Mm -hmm. down love, um, to, to families, um, members of the family that, um, that we get to start over. We get to be the ones that, that create love and really make life matter. I mean, because our relationships are what we see that help make life matter. And we want to be able to help people um, restore those relationships or even just create better relationships.
0: I love that. And I love that you're providing some stakes in the ground through this book, although it's beautiful and it's a lovely gift. It's also really rich. It's, it's got practical, virtues and principles that, like you said, Dr. Helen, the how-to, maybe they're feeling like their relationship is suffering or broken or or lacking in some ways, and it really does provide affirmation that moms are longing for, to know that they're momming well, if I can use that expression. So why do you think this is missing for so many moms? They're not maybe receiving that affirmation. You've obviously both tapped into this felt need and this pain point that moms need affirmation especially in this season well Angela
2: I I know as a Bible teacher that you have run into the dozens and dozens of verses that speak about the power of our words and also the power of what we're thinking and just one to mention is Proverbs eighteen twenty one, where it says that our words are so powerful the tongue is so powerful and it is either used for life or death Mm-hmm. And we have seen, and I know you have too, just multiple, multiple cases of relationships, mother-daughter relationships that are in terrible disrepair because of words that were said. And more specifically, that was really my mom's issue. She was quite verbally abusive. And um, I determined that at, uh, decades ago that I wanted to do the living words (laughs) and so this is why Blythe and I are so passionate about giving the gift of words because as we well as we've examined our own relationship um we we believe that we've just simply worked really hard to speak well Blythe why don't you share some of the examples Mm.
1: Well, in I Love You, Mom, what we wanted to do was to be able to, for the person who's giving this gift um, to a mom, um, that the mom would be able to to read these devotions as if her child were giving it to her or the person in her life that's giving it to her. So, you know, words of affirmation are so important that these specific areas, like, like, for instance, you are abundant, you know, thank Mm -hmm. you for the abundant, unconditional love that you show me. Um, and you know that's just one sentence out of a paragraph that we have, so we try to personalize. Things so that the person who's giving the book that they literally could say, this is how I feel about you. It's kind of like when you buy a card, you know, you find that one that you're like, oh, that's exactly what I would say if I were writing it. Mm -hmm. And so um, you know, for instance, there's another one that even looks at some of the ways that um maybe things haven't gone as well in your relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, like this one that says, you are fearless. Mom, we both face challenges, but we can remind each other to be brave. We can choose to be full of faith in our days ahead rather than fearful. So we try to recognize even some of the tough places that, um, people have been in as they give this book to a mom, um, to just encourage both of their hearts. And so, um, it's been, it's been special to just think about receiving this gift from my own kids, that these would be the words that they would speak over me as a mom. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of anything better than to have my kids respect me and love me, um, even with my mistakes, um, but that they would say that these are true things about you.
0: Mm, that's yeah. so so good, Blythe. I think it's it's so lacking in our society. I don't know why we we tend to withhold the words. I recently went to a 90th birthday celebration and it was just beautiful and this this expression of all of these family members coming together and and to share what they felt about the matriarch of their family. And I looked at my husband, I said, why do we wait until funerals to have these kind Mm -hmm. of conversations? Because we don't often share what really is deeply in our heart. Mm -hmm. Dr. Helen, you mentioned a minute ago, so many moms are suffering and relationships are maybe broken from your experience as a counselor. And even in your own relationship with Blythe, what is, what is one thing that you've done that helped you to move past a painful relationship with your mother that might could offer encouragement to our listeners?
2: Thank you. Well, the, the things with mom, I changed what I could, but she died some years ago. So the thing I can do is to choose some better things with fly. For instance, if I ever want to give feedback to her, I always invite myself in first. I always say, um, Blythe, would it be okay with you if I shared my thoughts about such and such? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, we, we just try and be very respectful of the, of what is said to one another, that it's always with kindness. And, um, we, we have worked on having good boundaries and teaching those boundaries to our to her children. Mm. Um, there are so many counseling principles that we have put in the book Mended, our first book together, which was two years ago. And we have given the readers probably three dozen different sentences to say. Because again, words are very powerful and yes. so important. So we've given, um, as I said, three dozen different sentences that a daughter might say to a mom or a mom might say to a daughter to, um, to try and reestablish communication. One example would be, uh, mom, what I want is a, a good relationship with you what do you think we need to do to make things better Mm. just very simple simple sentences but they're quite powerful and we've had so many people share with us that it really helped them begin again in other words we don't have to go back very far we're not asking that the readers um, go deep back into their story but they can start today and present words of life Mm. Uh, or invitations back into the relationship. Mom, can we start again?
0: Mm.
2: So so
0: beautiful. And what that shows us is no matter where we are in our relationships, they can, they can be better. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes the person, like you said, your mother has, has already gone on. And, and sometimes there's no ability to, Mend a relationship, but we can change the posture of our heart. God mm-hmm. is always inviting us into greater levels of healing if we need that, so that we're not limited in our relationships moving forward. And if the person is still living and there's an open relationship to have those kind of conversations, so Mend It is your first book. You might be listening right now, guys, and realizing that that really is the book that you need to. To get right now, and I would just encourage you to get both because then this is kind of a companion of being able to say with with full assurance, I love you, mom, I've come to peace with things that maybe have been a challenge or a struggle. but if you've were you've used words like honor, which is painfully lacking in our culture, you've used words like a legacy of love. What does it look like for you and what you've seen in your mom to leave a legacy of love? And if someone feels like they don't know how to do that, what encouragement would you have for them?
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, um, I feel like when we are able to just express our heart, even if it's not 100% how, how the person really acts or lives like, but we can say, you know, I see you as fearless, or I see you as confident and brave. There's something about that, that causes that person to rise up to meet that character quality. Mm. You know, maybe a person is your mom is particularly down in an area or doesn't necessarily see that they bring value to the family. But when we speak those words and we, we want to almost bring them up to that level where God sees them. It's like inside of them, something rises up and says, I want to be that person, or I want to go higher. Um, and so that to me is just one way to create this legacy of love is to, you know, is to write affirming words our book. I love you. Mom has a place in the beginning where you can write a note to your mom or the person that you're giving the book to, and just speak your heart there. Um, And, and then let this be a legacy, you know, anytime we can send a letter or a text message and just, you know, create just some sense of, this is how I see you. And this is what I want my kids to know about Mm. you. These are the things that I'm going to teach my kids about their grandmother. Um, that creates this like legacy line really of honoring the person, but also, you know, even if they're not great qualities about this person, this mom, no mom is perfect. Right. So You know, you're not saying that everything about you is a hundred percent, but but you could at least focus on and say, you know, I want my kids to know what a great cook you are mm. and how you've made memories with me. So when we focus on those areas, it, it does shine a light and it, it brings a lot of encouragement and it teaches the younger generation. Some of the things that their grandmother did that's not even heard of today, you know, some of the uh, maybe spinning yarn or just certain things that creating quilts or things that are just really more rare today. Um, so it's kind of bringing in where history um, has, has been to where it is now. So those are just a few examples of what We do, you know, like even recipes, I think the idea of sharing recipes, we didn't include those in the book, but we have some that have been passed down and those memories just really create an idea that you've been a part of a family that's been established well before you and you get to carry it forward and take some of these recipes ahead with you, but um, recipes of
0: love and recipes for food as well. I love it. In fact, my sister, we have three sisters in my family. And for Christmas, she pulled some of our grandmother's favorite recipes and had them imprinted on a cutting board that's hanging now in my kitchen. (laughs) So, I got chicken and dressing. Oh. Somebody else chose chicken and dumplings. So, even that, you know, the sights, the smells, the memories. I was raised in the South. I know, Dr. Helen, you are in Georgia. And so, you know, what traditions, what was valuable for you growing up and how we can pass that on? I'm not the best cook. I married an Italian and I'm not going to lie. He's a great cook. So I let him do a lot of the cooking. I enjoy it, but it just wasn't something that maybe my kids would say, oh, mom was the best cook, but I planned so many trips and adventures. I'm an adventure junkie. And so I, I hope my kids look back. In fact, my son yesterday was, or Saturday was driving home from an, a, an event in Charlotte. And he said, mom, you know what? I just passed. I pulled up a memory out of my memory bank. He said, we passed Tangier Outlet. Remember when we would go to the Smoky Mountains and Gabrielle always wanted to go shopping at Tangier Outlet. So that just helped me to feel like maybe I wasn't the best cook. Maybe they don't have that kind of a recipe, but they have recipes of, how to have experiences. Now my son loves to travel and he's been to Israel and Africa. And I feel like that's something that I've been able to a legacy of love for me, sharing these experiences. I've been able to pass that on. So maybe you're listening and, and what is your thing that you can give that kind of a legacy love can be expressed in so many different ways. And that's mm-hmm. what both of you are, are saying so beautifully. I want to ask you both a question before we kind of move to wrapping up my children are now older. So my son is 21. My daughter is 25. Actually, my son might be 22. That shows me once they get past 18, you have to stop, right? And think, wait a minute, how old is my child? So I heard a counselor once say, Dr. Helen, that when your children are younger, you are their authority. And then when they're older, you hope that you're really shifting to a position of influence. And I think that can be hard for a lot of parents, parenting adult children, is not the easiest thing in the world. So give us a couple of encouraging tips that you might have. Dr. Helen and Blythe, you might want to, you know, chime in here as well from your experience as the, the adult daughter, how do we make that transition? Well, especially if parents feel like well, when their child was six, it was great, but now that they're older and they might be struggling with the relationship with an adult child oh Angela this is one
2: of my very favorite subjects oh uh, thank you I'm so glad because this is so common mm. that I I believe that those parents who are listening parents of of high schoolers you're probably already at that uh-oh stage where mm. you know you feel the discomfort even in every bone in your body that Things are changing and um, that your child is older now and that you need to um, change the relationship that you've had with them. But it's scary. So uh, the lesson is called letting go, which is uh, very frightening. One of the ways that we know we haven't let go is we I call it white knuckling. We we realize that we're holding on too tightly, and so uh, I encourage your listeners to have a very frank discussion with your growing children. Your almost uh, young, I mean, they are young adults, and say, you know, I sense the change that has come to our family. You you are growing well, and I want to not be. A parent that refuses to let go and our relationship is going to change and I I want us to do well and so let's talk about what would be comfortable for both of us and agree on that in fact when Blythe and her brother went off to college I I was at a place in my life where I was trying to um, be less dysfunctional with my relationship with my mother and I wanted to be brave and ask the children to let let I I knew that because of the difficulty with my mom that I was probably a hover mother an over loving mother with them and but I didn't want to suffocate them and I certainly did not want to be a controlling mother so I had this conversation with them that said <clears throat> you know I'm I'm doing some things differently too and I just don't want to be controlling of you, and if you sense this in me, would you please share with me that you're sensing my control or my mm-hmm. uh, enmeshment with you and we as best I know, we never had that conversation, so i I did a lot of growing up when they left the home mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really did, and we share some of those. Much of that in mended. Mm.
0: All right, Blythe, I want to hear your perspective on that because it's <laughs> it's healing for me to even hear you use this kind of language, Dr. Helen. This kind of open relationship. Let's just state the obvious. Let's not try to white knuckle it or ignore things. The reality is our relationships do change in different seasons. When they're toddlers and when they're teens now when the young adults coming into their own and then beyond that. So Blythe, as she's sharing, what's coming to your heart? What was that like for you and what is it still like?
1: Yeah, that's great because she gave me the choice um, to have a conversation with her. Um, She didn't pressure me into, you know, having to have connected time with her, you know, in my teen years and, and adult years, it was more of a free choice. And I feel like when we take the pressure off and, force, we don't force our kids to talk to us. We don't force them to spend time with us. I feel like there's just more freedom or Mm. even, even to just have certain responsibilities, um, around the house. Like I feel like when it's not forced on us and we're told because then it, it makes the child feel like, um, that they couldn't have come up with that on their own or that they can't be trusted enough, um, to, to be able to choose what's right and what's wrong. And so I like that my mom and dad, um, really taught me that they trusted me and they said those words to me. Hmm. Um, And, you know, they, they opened the door. So if you, if you ever have questions about this, if you want to talk to us about this, even when I was in college and um, learned some painful lessons, they were there. They just said, Hey, if you want us to help you with your finances, we can talk to you about it. And it wasn't Hmm. this, you should have done this. And I just feel like that with my own kids, that as I approach them, that out of a heart of, of really wanting to nurture them um, and love them and, and not, you know, correct them, but more, Hey, maybe next time, you know, you can choose this, or have you thought about working on this area? You know, um, but it's not to be soft, you know, per se that we're not we don't care. It's just that the words, the way that we say things causes a child to want to do something different or to, to shut down. And mm. we don't want to shut down um with our kids because then they won't talk to you about anything, right? Angela, as yours are older, it's they now because you've set a really good model for them.
0: Mm. I love that, and then the the theme. This whole interview has really been words, the power of our words, the importance mm-hmm. of our words, the gift of our words, and the fact that we can go back and even mend things that have been broken, re- repair them, move forward in a healthy relationship. So, their first book, "Mended." Now, this new brand new book, it's so perfect for Mother's Day, or just because Dr. Helen said some people are giving it for Easter. You know, this will be airing after Easter, but. Wherever you want to give it a birthday, it's a beautifully designed gift book and devotional. And you can hear in their relationship, guys, Dr. Helen and Blythe, the way this invitation through words is woven through this entire book, these principles, these character qualities, and it will give you language to say things to your mom, to your grandmother, to someone who has been like a mother to you. Maybe you haven't found the words, but Dr. Helen and Blythe, have found the words for us to help us to remind our mother how much they have helped our lives to matter. And we want to thank our moms, our grandmothers, the the women in our life that have made such a difference, especially right here as Mother's Day. So Blythe, I'm going to ask you before we close, I'm going to read a quick little section. I'm going to ask your mom to share one of the truth that has mattered in her life. But I would like to know with you, other than Jesus, what person in the Bible has inspired you to make life matter? Who is that person for you?
1: I would definitely say that would be Paul. And yeah. as I read about the the costs that he went through to make the gospel known, um, I, it just, astounds me. You know, he, he sacrificed so much, but he was not willing to let the Gentiles go without knowing scripture and knowing the truth Mm. of who God was, who Jesus was. And so at all costs, even his own comfort. And, and I read, you know, the letters in the new Testament where he's talking to the churches about wanting to come and be with them, but he's in chains, you know, he literally um, was in chains for the gospel. And it just inspires me to make life matter where I am, where I'm called to ministry, which, in this age of life is with elementary kids and, uh, youth and junior high, uh, especially around girls. And so, um, really seeing that helping them to understand how they can live out scripture and how, how Paul's life matters and how, what he taught us, um, matters for us. And so that would be my, that would be my response. Yeah.
0: I mean, he has such a breadth of ministry, but also when we're just speaking about words, I mean, Paul wrote a third of the new Testament and we have so many letters that he wrote that includes so many beautiful thank yous to people that were co-workers. And, you know, I loved, uh, I wrote about Priscilla in one of my Bible studies, and I just. I got dizzy studying Paul's missionary journeys to write about her life, but he was generous with his praise. He was generous with his affirmation. He was willing to recognize other people that had come alongside of his story and that had made such a difference for the gospel. And we are so the recipient. So I'm not surprised because his words fill so much of the New Testament and make such a difference. And thank you, Blythe, for the way that you're training up now a new generation of of teenagers in the word of God. It's just the most important thing we can do is to give them the legacy of, of the word. Dr. Helen, I know there's a passage from Isaiah that you love and truth that matters to you. Would you share that with us? I will.
2: Uh, Blythe and I love Isaiah and actually the book mended was our diving board was Isaiah 58, 12, which calls us to be repairs of the breach And I know, Angela, that you're so familiar with that section, but we really are called to make repair where we can. And the other part of the diving board that we have used really for both books is also Isaiah 61, Mm. one through three. And that section is, those are the first words that Jesus gave when he began his ministry, when he appeared after his journey in the desert, this is what he said. Those are the first words that he said. And he does speak of comforting those who mourn. So um I, I think those are great companion verses and and really uh, those words compel me to continue to to want to help women mm-hmm. and and men <laughs> but I love it. have repair relationships. Uh, um, that's a wonderful go.
0: I love that. And there's a verse that says, you will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of broken dwelling places. And I just thought of that verse as both of you have been talking that you are now letting your lives speak so beautifully to be an example for those who need repairing and mended, and for those who just want to have a deeper relationship and those who just want to express the gratitude they have. Let's not miss this opportunity, guys, here at Mother's Day. It is a perfect gift to give at Mother's Day. And if you can't find that perfect card, you don't even need to look for a card. You just give them this book, I Love You, Mom. And I want to read you a couple paragraphs out of one of the sections called time for you, there's a scripture verse at the beginning of every single section. This is from Ecclesiastes three. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance. I immediately think as I read that about the seasons we've talked about, maybe it's a time for you to, to run around and chase toddlers and pick up toys. And sometimes those feel like the anonymous years as a mom, you might feel hidden, or maybe you don't feel like it's as important, but tell, let me tell you every, every contribution you're making to your child's life matters. Maybe you're in the teenage years and you're, you know, some days pulling your hair out. We want to encourage you to keep going, have these open conversations that Dr. Helen and Blythe have encouraged us to have, or maybe like me, You're in a season of having adult children navigating a new kind of relationship, whatever time it is. I wanted to read these paragraphs as we close. The best give you can give a child, teen or young adult, is your time. It's an investment you make and you reap the benefits. When your toddler is frustrated, your time is what they need. When your teen doesn't understand how a friend could treat them in such a way, your listening ear Is valuable. And when your child is grown and out on their own, you can look back at every moment spent. I'm getting emotional. Mm. Every memory made, every lesson taught is something you gave them, it can't be bought. It's genuine and it lasts a lifetime. See, even there, guys, these affirming words that we need to hear as moms, every moment you have sown into your child's life matters. Maybe you're dealing with a prodigal situation. Maybe you're estranged from your child. You still need to know that everything you sowed has value. Don't let the enemy rob you of the way that you invested into your child's life. Maybe they aren't saying these words. Maybe you need to read this book. And let these be words that God is speaking over your heart. Wherever you are as a mom, the greatest part of time is that it has you in it. So how are you using it? Do you give your finest to others and leave what's left to your children? Or do you see that the time you took to solve a problem, share advice when asked, and give words of approval has been worth it? Let's make it our goal that our families have our greatest time and focus. If one of the biggest needs of our children is to know that they are loved, then let's show them through the gift of time. And I want to thank you both for your time today that you've invested here on the make life matter podcast for every person who's hearing it wherever they are, just to show that I can't read that without getting choked up shows how important our family relationships are. I know you as Dr. Helen, as a counselor would, would attest, they frame, they frame our worldview so often, and we carry what we believe about ourselves so often through life from our relationships. So let's make sure our belief systems are healthy. They're rooted in the truth of God's word, and that we come into our relationships with these open invitations and conversations. So thank you both for your time today. Thank you for the gifts of these two books. Dr. Helen, seeing you right with your daughter again, inspires me Mm -hmm. to have this relationship that I'm moving forward and writing this book with my dad and let's treasure these moments. So thank you both for your time. And Blythe, I'd love for you to just pray for us as we close our conversation today.
1: Great. God, we are so grateful for the opportunity to share um, your love and that that all of us together are making a difference whether we feel like it or not so father would you just give mm-hmm. each of us just your affirming words and your love that help us through each day that no matter if we get these words from others that we know that we are working for you not for man and that we do what we do for who you are for your glory god and i just pray that every every person listening would just know and see you work tangibly in their lives in a new way to just affirm them and say that your time matters your work matters you're doing this your life matters yeah. and and it matters for eternity it's not just what you do on earth but it matters for the kingdom of god throughout eternity that what we're doing now will make a difference in the kingdom of god and so Father, thank you for the affirmation that you give each one of us. And thank you for using moms and dads in our lives. And we honor you, God, and we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com facebook at angela Donatio vov and instagram at angela denadio until next week let's make life matter